Hey. hey, you're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research. Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Welcome back to the show, team. My name's Amelia, and today we have yet another awesome guest. We have Sky, who is the founder. That's right, she's a founder of the Edible Bug Shop. Welcome to the show, Sky. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm hoping we're going to be talking about edible bugs. Otherwise, it's like the most disappointing shop name ever. <laughs> well, I think we can talk about edible bugs if that's what you'd like to do. I think I want to talk about them and I think we've probably got some people who want to listen to us talking about them. Which is awesome. Starting with hopefully an easy question, what is your job? Well, I'm actually a food scientist and entomologist um, and in 2007 I founded Australia's first edible insect farm which is called the Edible Bug Shop. We farm insects specifically for human consumption um, and in our processing facility we actually process the insects into different kinds of ingredients, so things like oils and powders and milks and um, a textured protein product as well. And then we further process those into retail products, so things like chips or pasta or granola that have all been enriched using invisible insect protein. So I have lots of different things that we do in my job. <laughs> that's that's very busy. That was a lot of things. One that stood out to me was milk. Yeah. So we don't milk like little crickets and stuff like you would milk a cow. <laughs> just, just- Oh, bummer. That'd be hilarious. Um, it's more of a process similar to making like almond milk or a nut milk. So it's the like the moisture out of the insects. Right. What What do people do with the milk? Well, we can use it for lots of different things. So we can make ice cream out of it or yogurt out of it or cheese out of it. You can have it as like a milk kind of product. And it's actually got four times the amount of calcium as cow's milk. And it's a more bioavailable version as well. So um, it works out a lot better. Can you explain bioavailable for the people in the back? Sure. So bioavailable just means that it's in an available form. So your body can use it quite easily. It does it gets broken down easily and used by your body. If it's not as bioavailable, it just means that normally um, it doesn't get processed by your digestive system really effectively. Um, so it doesn't get used by your body. So you could be imbibing, taking in as much of the stuff as you want, but your body's just going to like pass it through because it's just not in the kind that it can connect with. In the form of news. Yeah, that's right. So you're a scientist and you're quite an early adopter businesswoman, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So I, when I started my business, I had no business experience. <laughs> so, and just thought that I was kind of the perfect person to be able to teach people all about the benefits of edible insects and how important it's going to be for our future food system. So we just kind of, you know, st- started doing it. And it's been 14 years now since we started farming edible insects. Um, and it's fantastic to see people's perceptions of edible insects kind of change over time. And that's mainly due to education. So we actually run an education program in schools based around future food, which is fantastic. We have so many schools that participate in it. And we've been running that for 13 or 14 years now and in September last year we actually saw our one millionth student go through the program so some of those people are actually adults now and when we're out and about I often have adults that come up to me and ask if I'm the bug lady um, and then go on to explain then when they were in year five or year six I came to their school and taught them about the importance of a sustainable food system and they choose to have edible insects as part of their diet as an adult because they learn about it as a child. It makes me so happy when things like that happen because when you go to see these students at school, you don't know if what you're saying to them kind of resonates or makes sense or, you know, if, if it connects with them in any way, but it definitely does because we see these people coming back to us as customers now, which is fantastic. That's so cool. That's like the best evidence you could possibly have. Oh, definitely. And I think because we've been doing it for such a long time, it takes a long time for education in any kind of industry to work. So it's fantastic that we're kind of seeing the benefits 
benefits of that education now. I imagine there's also a little bit of you that feels old, though, if you're like, oh, gosh, I was talking to you when you're in your grade five. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, the first time that it happened, I was in the supermarket and I had my three little kids in the trolley with me. And this man came up to me and was like, excuse me, are you the bug lady? And I'm just like, oh, my my God, like, (laughs) children, who is this? And then he went on to explain, you know, about how I came to his school and all that kind of stuff. And it just made me so happy. I nearly burst into tears, like, just because it just is really validating that the, the program actually works and our children that are coming up now have a better understanding than we do about the importance of a sustainable food system. Totally. And I think we need to do a shout out to National Science Week coming up this year. Oh, yeah. All about food. All about sustainable foods, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah definitely. We love Science Week. Science Week is our favourite week of the year. It's not Christmas, it's Science Week. <laughs> Yeah, I can get on board that. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about some people, I'm like, yeah, not not everyone is across what's happening with the food. Like, why why would we even be thinking about eating insects? Why is that a thing? Yeah, well, our population is expanding, as everybody knows, and the way that we have our food system at the moment, it won't be able to support our growing population. So we need to think of different ways to be able to produce food. So we want to produce more food with less natural resources. So we look at things like edible insects, we look at algae, we look at laboratory-grown meat, regenerative agriculture, more plant-based diets as well, and whole food, local diets all those things are really important um, in our food system and everybody can make little changes to the way that they buy things the way that they cook things where they purchase from what kinds of ingredients they purchase and all those little things actually add up to make a really really big difference so it's something that we can actually do now is help support these new ingredients and help support our farmers helping help support kind of our local businesses that have local products those things are all really really important within our food chain and where do insects fit in all this because I feel like even in you know 2021 where we like to think we're a little bit modern I imagine the idea of uh I don't know having a, a insect stir fry might sort of send some shivers up some people I think so as well but we're getting less and less people that are getting the shivers and more and more people that are a little bit excited about it so I think that most people think that to be having edible insects you need to eat a whole scorpion or a tarantula or something like that which is just not the case we actually make familiar food items that are enriched with insect protein ingredients so you can have a packet of corn chips that's been enriched with an invisible cricket protein powder and it's got more protein than an egg in there and it uses under a mill of water to create that bag of chips or you can have a cricket protein pasta that's got twice as much protein as the regular pasta and you don't need to add any kind of meat to it because you're getting more protein than you would if you're making like a spag bowl or you can have um, your granola in the morning and you're getting all of your b12 for the day in one bowl of granola so when you're reading the packet and you're reading the label you can actually see that there is a difference in the nutrient value of the foods that have been enriched with insect protein so I feel like the education component in there, um, as well as the fact that it doesn't have to be scary to eat insects. It can be things that you eat every day, like pasta and granola, which is stuff that you would already buy. So we don't need to be worried about looking at a teeny tiny face with its its little eyes and its little legs getting caught in your teeth and someone being like, oh, I think you've got a bug in your teeth. (laughs) Yep. No, no legs and antennas in there, all just um, all ground up so you don't even know that it's there. And I actually feed a lot of edible insects to my kids. One of my sons is a really, really fussy eater, so he doesn't like eating a lot of meat. He needs crunchy textured foods. He doesn't like sauce. Like, so he won't eat rice and pasta, things like that. But I'm happy for him to eat the edible insect enriched foods because I know that he's missing out on those nutrients if he doesn't get it so he doesn't like sandwiches either so I'll put some cricket corn chips in his lunch and he loves those because it kind of ticks all his boxes taste and texture wise 
without trying to force him into something that he doesn't eat, but he's still getting the nutrition. It's it's like a hyper version of making that lasagna that's got like all the blended vegetables in it to like sneak vegetables into your kid's diet. <laughs> exactly. Making bugs into their diet instead. But you know what? Kids don't actually care if they've got bugs in their food as long as it tastes good and it's something that they really enjoy eating they don't even care and they learn about edible insects at school so I think a lot of parents don't actually realize that children are really educated on this topic so if you ask them about it they're more than happy to try insect-based foods because they've already learned about it at school and that's a key to get them get to them early and it's not like you're trying to get a 60 year old who's always eaten meat and potatoes to do a bit of changing Yeah, exactly. But I feel like I was just having this conversation with my husband earlier. We did a tasting where we go into a store that stocks uh, edible insect products and we hand it out to different kinds of people, kind of get their feedback and introduce it to them and give them a little bit of education. And on the weekend, we're actually having lots of elderly people come up because they don't like eating meat, but they need to have the protein and the B12 and the iron. So, and they can't eat a lot of food anymore. as you get older you don't really have the appetite that you used to have and you kind of eat smaller portions but you kind of still need the same amount of protein so your muscles don't deteriorate so we had a lot of older people come up that were really really interested in it because they can eat like a small portion of pasta and they're getting more protein than they would if they ate a whole steak which is actually really really difficult for them to do so I think nutritionists are really recommending this doctors are recommending it and older Australians are doing their research as well so um Um, It isn't a hard sell like it used to be. That's so exciting. I feel like edible bugs just suddenly turned up in my life and I don't know when that happened, but it's just like suddenly they're there. Uh, We've been working in the background for a long time, so it's fantastic that people are finally able to notice the, the fantastic benefits, really. Well, and it's more and more accessible as well, which is that's a key part of it. Yeah, definitely. So um, because we've expanded the size of our farm, that means that more and more Australians um, have access to edible insects and the price has come down quite a lot as well. So previously, when we were in our smaller farm, the price was very prohibitive so it was too expensive for people now it kind of is comparable to other sources of protein I mean you're getting a better value product because you're not just getting the protein you're getting all those micronutrients and the amino acids and the omega-3s as well so um, a lot of people are making the switch because you can go into the supermarket and buy it now that's that's when you know you've cracked it when you can just wander down an aisle in the supermarket and yeah and get it That's right. And it's fantastic because people don't need to go somewhere to specifically buy insect protein products. They don't need to order online and wait for it to be delivered. You can actually just go into your your health food store or your specialty supermarket or your regular supermarket and just pick it up with your other shopping. The future is here. It's great. It is. (laughs) When you're talking about your larger farm, how how big are we talking? And then like how many, how much? kilos or however you measure the insects like so at the moment we're in a farm um that's around we produce about 200 kilos of edible insects every week we're just moving into a new farm at the moment which will bring our production up to 10 tons of edible insect products every week and that's just to go within australia we don't do any export at the moment because we sell out every week within Australia, which is absolutely fantastic. So when when we move into the larger farm, we'll actually be offering things like um, educational farm tours where people can come and see how the insects are farmed and try all the different ones and ask our farm staff questions, which is something we get asked all the time is, can we come to the farm? So that's going to be fantastic to be able to welcome people over to be able to see the farm. And on the scale that we're doing it, it just kind of shows the growth in this kind of area and how important it is for for everybody not just not just us insect insect nerds <laughs> so how big is the new because that's a massive leap from 200 kilos to 10 tons how big is the space yeah. that you need to grow that much insect yeah so we are um, moving into a farm that's around 2,000 square meters um, so we actually take unused warehouse spaces and convert those into edible insect farms, which means that we can, we have kind of like bug apartments. So we stack 
the the little bug apartments on top of each other so we're using the space very very efficiently we're not just using the floor we're using the space above the floor as well all the way up to the roof which means that we leave all the arable land available for farming other things like wheat and grain and traditional kinds of livestock and fruit and vegetables so it's fantastic to be able to convert these unused urban spaces into a a food source is there any like ethical things like you know how you've got like free-range chickens then chickens need the free range do the bugs care if they're stuck? Yeah, so we keep them in these special kind of apartments so we don't overcrowd them. Um, they like this, the, having a confined space because that's how they would live out in the wild if they were in the wild. We keep the environment very hot and humid for them because that's the environment that they really thrive under and is really healthy for them. And we give them a diet of imperfect fruit and vegetables and fruit and vegetable waste from food production processing. So that means that we get a really nutrient-dense nutritional product from the end because they're actually getting a really nutrient-dense diet themselves. So... For, for a bug, it's a pretty happy little life. Yeah, definitely. We, we love our bugs, so we want to make sure that they, they have a very happy and healthy life and we kind of find that helps our end product as well. Yeah, like anything. If it's lived a happy life, it's going to taste better at the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, you would get asked a lot of questions, particularly when you're out of schools. What's your favourite question that you get asked? I always get asked for recipes. <laughs> always, always get asked for recipes. And my favorite recipe changes all the time (laughs) because obviously I do a lot of cooking with bugs so at one stage I had made um like a mealworm banoffee pie which I really really like and when we first brought out our cricket corn chips then I was into like cricket corn chip nachos and at the moment um, my favorite recipe is actually a burger recipe that I've made using the cricket protein powder so um yeah I'm a bit flippant because I change I change my 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 favorite recipe all the time but um when we're talking about edible insects I kind of like people to think about what's their favorite recipe and how they can change it a little bit just to include the insect protein in there so if you're making like your favorite cookie recipe or cupcakes or a banana bread or like a curry or a stir fry you can actually make it exactly the same as how you would normally make it but you can replace about a quarter of a third of your regular flour with the cricket protein powder and you're getting exactly the same taste and exactly the same texture but you're getting a more nutrient dense product so um and it's flavors that your family already loves and it's flavors that you're already familiar with so you're not trying something new you're actually just improving your recipe that you already have what happens if you replace too much with the protein so the cricket protein powder it doesn't have any gluten in it so it doesn't uh, like so if you replaced it a one for one it would be crumbly and it wouldn't stick together if you've got a gluten-free recipe though you can still replace about a third of the other flours that you're using the cricket protein powder is a very dense product because it very nutrient dense so you don't want to use too much of it because then you're kind of taking away from the dish you just want to you know kind of find the right balance where you're injecting the nutrition in there without kind of overpowering the dish the cricket protein powder it doesn't have a very strong flavor of its own kind of has like a mild nutty flavor kind of like um like almond meal or almond flour something like that and if you can imagine like if you're using too much almond meal in there then you're just kind of getting like an almondy kind of product you need to mix it with other things yeah yeah I've done some experiments with just like replacing something with too much soy flour and it's just bad yeah 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 (laughs) one of the things I was wondering about bug meat or eating bugs is like when we talk about eating cow we don't eat cow we eat beef in the same with pig it's pork is there like any move to in like create words around rather than the insects, like the food product? Yeah, so we've actually done lots of research into this and we're finding it very difficult. So if anybody has any suggestions, please let me know. (laughs) So we are finding it very difficult to come up with a word that describes what it is without being too offensive, if that makes sense. Yeah, so 
the same way as you would have beef for cows or pork for pigs. Um, we actually do need a word for edible insects or insect protein that's kind of similar to that. But at the moment, saying insect protein or edible insects, it makes it very clear what it is for people, which I feel is very important. Yeah, okay. So there's none of that kind of like marketing spin. Yeah, I think so. And when people are looking for like insect protein or cricket protein, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the word cricket. They're looking for the word insect. So having that on the pack is actually really important for people to kind of learn and be a little bit more accepting. Yeah, it encourages open-mindedness, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And we're not trying to trick people into including like insect proteins into their diet without them knowing we want and it's very clearly labeled on the pack to make sure that everybody is aware of what it is because we want people to be able to make an educated choice nice i approve of that (laughs) it's it's increasing everyone's knowledge and yeah that's a really good thing what does an average day at work look like for you oh i don't actually have an average day at work (laughs) I don't think anyone does actually. So So every day for me is actually really, really different. So, so if I was doing a working in the farm one day, then I might get up really early in the morning. So we actually start work at two or three a.m. So that's morning time before everybody else wakes up, Um, and we go and do things like feed and clean and harvest the bugs. Um, Then we have our food processing side of things where we'll be cleaning them um roasting them and then processing them into like powders or oils or things like that and then we we have our food manufacturing side of things where we'll be making them into corn chips or pasta or cookie mixes and all those kinds of things so some days I would be in the process doing some of those things depending on what other staff are doing other days I would be doing product development so that would be looking at new new bulk ingredients or um, new ways to process the insects in a more efficient kind of way or developing new kind of retail products that those products would then go onto the shelf. So doing all the testing and working out kind of what we want to fit in there to fit the most nutrition in there. I do a lot of filming days. So we film a lot of documentaries or like TV or podcasts like this as well to help kind of educate people. We also do a lot of events where we would go out and do shows to help people interact with us and to learn more about um, the future of food and kind of what that is. And we also go out to schools. I don't go out to schools as much anymore um, because we have an education team that goes out and does that now. But I still do go out to some schools and help, help everybody learn about the future of food. And I really love going out that's kind of the best part of my job is going out and seeing people and getting to interact with people and learning about why they're interested in edible bugs or why they're not interested in edible bugs so I can kind of change their mind and getting as many people to try insect proteins as possible I love seeing people's faces when like in the beginning when you kind of explain it you can see their faces a little bit screwed up they're not really to it like and then when they put something in their mouth so for instance the cricket corn chips if they put that in their mouth their face completely changes so and then they've got the kind of this relieved look on their face and then they reach into the bag and try another chip because it was actually really delicious and then that kind of really really makes my day that's the favorite part of my job that seeing that switch would be pretty exciting Yeah, yeah, but it just makes me so happy because you can tell, like, if I haven't changed anybody else's mind today, I've changed one person's mind, so that's made my job worthwhile for today. And you never know who they're going to talk to. Exactly, and word of mouth is huge for us. So people go away and they tell their friends what they've experienced and they take packets home for their husband or their kids to try as well and yeah and it just kind of grows from there so it's fantastic that we see see everybody trying to participate and spreading the knowledge around. How has your business evolved since 2007? Like when you started was this where you were hoping to get to or? Yeah so when we first started this is actually what we had in mind but the market definitely was not ready for 
that like cricket corn chips and cricket protein powder and things like that. So when we first started, we started to do more kind of novel foods. So things like chocolate coated crickets and lollipops that had different kinds of insects and invertebrates on the inside. Um, and we did that just because the market wasn't ready and we wanted to help educate people around sustainable foods and that was a really good starting off point for us because it, it got the conversation kind of going and where there was no information around the importance of sustainable foods before that we kind of introduced this new dialogue for people where they were talking about these cricket lollipops or they were talking about chocolate coated mealworms and when we were doing interviews back then we could kind of sneak in a few you know, a few key points that were really important for people to know about why it was important that we look at different kinds of foods in our food system and why we can't rely on traditional kinds of livestock to support our protein in the future. And as we, as you know, the market grew and the market changed and consumers' perceptions of food have changed over time, you slowly introduce these more nutrient-dense kind of familiar foods that people can include in their everyday diet without it being weird or scary. So we stopped making the lollipops probably been about seven years ago now, seven or eight years ago now, because we felt like everybody was ready to kind of switch over from having these sugar-filled lollipops that had bugs in them but no kind of other nutritional value and kind of focus our efforts a little bit more on providing nutrition for people. So that's kind of we always had that end game in mind but we've had to evolve our business uh, over time to kind of flow with the market so that we could be a viable business. And to kind of get them like actively work in the space of getting the market up to speed yeah exactly so the when we first started farming edible insects there was no market for edible insects so it's fantastic that now we have edible insects in retail stores all around the country it's amazing and whilst I imagine it seemed really slow at the time being able to do that in under 20 years is pretty amazing well, you know what, for the, for the past, so we've had cricket protein powder in stores for about uh, one or two years now. So for five years prior to that, I was saying to people, within the next five years, you'll be seeing cricket protein in supermarket shelves. And then I'm going, in four years, you will see it in supermarket shelves. So I was just so happy when we got it in supermarket shelves kind of within that top five-year time frame because I was telling everybody that it was going to happen. So it needed to happen within that five years from when I started saying it. And, and it was fantastic that it actually did. You had to be right. And you where <laughs> uh, everyone was like oh sure you're crazy <laughs> that's not gonna happen but it happened so I was I was very happy I imagine there was a bit of a hustle to make that happen though yeah yeah definitely there was a lot of um yeah a lot of a lot of talking that went on in the in between times yes lots of sitting around at meeting rooms and being like I promise this won't kill people <laughs> yeah <laughs> true how have you ended up in this position what like what was your plan when you left high school to where you are now ever since I was a little kid I always wanted to be an entomologist like I was that crazy little kid that had little jars with bugs on their desk and when we did peer support when I was in year six I would take all the kindergarten kids around and we would go in the playground and catch bugs and they would get a marshmallow if they caught a bug that I liked (laughs) Um, so it was natural progression for me to want to be an entomologist. So when I went to university, that's what I studied. But I quickly realized there wasn't a lot of jobs in entomology in Australia. And so there was a shortage of food scientists. So I actually did a degree in food science at the same time. So just so that I would have a job when I left uni. So it wasn't wasn't something that was deliberately done, but it actually works really well for me now because I have the knowledge of how to look after the bugs and kind of what's important for them. Um, and then I also understand all the regulations behind the the food side of things and why it's important to have good manufacturing place, good manufacturing processes in place, and how to develop new products from scratch and 
to be able to produce those on a commercial scale as well, not just in your home kitchen at home. So when I first came out of university, I got a job at a pet food factory which was fantastic because it kind of helped me understand that if we're going to do things on a really big scale, you need to be able to develop products that are made specifically for the manufacturing equipment that's available. Um, And then I moved into a job as a technical manager at a company that does uh, like cakes and biscuits, which was fantastic as well, because then you can see how to develop products that actually taste really good. And that was a big learning curve for me as well, because there's a lot of processes that go behind making these cakes and biscuits so that everyone is exactly the same every single time which is something that you need in a retail product and as our business grew I couldn't keep up with having like an outside food job as well as this growing edible insect business so I kind of phased out doing the outside stuff and just concentrated on on the business but it was fantastic to be able to have a source of income coming in from my outside jobs to be able to kind of support the growth of of our new business. And that's a fairly common thing for entrepreneurs is working the extra billion hours on top of your standard job which pays the bills to build up your next yeah, the business. Yeah, exactly. What was the tipping point for you to actually start creating your bug business? We went to Thailand and everybody tries edible insects in Thailand, obviously. And when I started my business, we actually didn't start doing edible insects straight away. We actually started to do educational life cycle kits for schools, which we still do as part of our business. So we do like butterfly life cycle kits and beetles and stick insects and all those kinds of fun things. And we were doing a pet and animal expo, which is mainly cats and dogs. And I wanted something that was kind of unique to draw people over to our stands because we had things like tarantulas and scorpions. And sometimes dog and cat people are not tarantula and scorpion people. So, and we had just come back from Thailand. So I'm called my little brother who I think he was about 13 or 14 at the time and said to him do you want to come over and we're going to make a thousand lollipops with real bugs on the inside (laughs) and he was like sure let's go we'll make these lollipops so we made a thousand lollipops and we sold out of them at this expo within a couple of hours I didn't really think anything of it but the weeks after I was getting calls from the newspaper and lolly shops and marketing companies that had all heard about these edible insect lollipops and they wanted to have them in their store they wanted them for a special event and stuff like that so being a food scientist I knew that there wasn't any nutritional information available around the crickets and the mealworms that we had in the lollipops to be able to make a nutritional panel for the label. So I sent away some for nutritional testing in the food laboratory and after a few days I got the results back and I just looked at these results and I was so shocked that no one was eating them as a source of food. They were just so nutrient dense. So they had the protein, they had calcium and iron and magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, omega-3, omega-6, B12, the complete amino acid profile. They were low in carbs and low in saturated fats. So I'm like, I need to convince people that this is a good idea. (laughs) It was that moment when I looked kind of at that piece of paper, I knew that I was the perfect person to convince people that we need this as part of our food system. And kind of I had the skills to be able to to grow this as an industry. So did you then start growing crickets or something in a in a bucket at home or yeah so we started farming them in the backyard to start with we're just farming small amounts of crickets just to go in these lollipops and chocolate coated bugs so we weren't doing very much so probably we're producing like under a kilo a week so which is not very much crickets compared to what we do now but as demand grew and as we diversified our product range it was really important for us to get our certifications in relation to food and we worked really closely with the New South Wales Food Authority 
to help them develop standards for insect-based foods, which is still what they use in Australia at the moment. Yeah, and I feel like spending the time to kind of learn about the insects and learn about what they need to be happy and healthy and reproduce very efficiently is actually kind of why our business is successful because we've spent the time to learn about the bugs and then we've kind of grown a business from there. So I feel like a lot of businesses sometimes they have an idea, a business idea, but they don't really have any expertise in that area and they try and grow a business from nothing. We kind of did the opposite way. So we looked at the science first behind it and then we grew the business on the back of the science. And that's a really strong position to be working from. I also really like that it was the nutritional panel, which a lot of people would be like, ugh, government red tape. And by getting having to send bugs off to get that nutritional panel, that's like opened up this whole other world. Yeah, definitely. And I didn't expect the nutrition, like I didn't know what I expected. I didn't expect it to come back as good as it was. I didn't like because there was nothing for me to kind of compare it to. I had no kind of previous knowledge about the nutritional profile of a cricket. So I didn't know what to expect. So when I got those results back, I was just like, this is going to feed the future. <laughs> when I looked at it, I'm like, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> well, how many people had previously had to nutritionally profile bugs? <laughs> I know, probably not very many. So. <laughs> I do wonder what the people in the lab were thinking. Were they like, oh, yeah, this oh, is, cool. is this, what do you mean cricket? <laughs> I was kind of expecting a call that was like, what What do you mean cricket? What, what does that mean? <laughs> Are you sure? That was okay. <laughs> what now is the most exciting part of your job? What helps you get up at 2 a.m. in the morning and be like, let's hang out with some some little bugs? Let's Let's go bugging. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most exciting part of my job at the moment is seeing people's perceptions change around insect-based foods and more people including them in their diet because they want to. They see the importance of including insects in their diet as part of our food system. Yeah, I think that's it's absolutely amazing. That makes me so happy that there's people out there that are all the effort that goes into and has gone into the past 14 years for us to get to this stage now where we can offer retail products for people so that they can have insect proteins in their pantry at home yeah it just makes me so happy especially you know when you're walking through the supermarket and you kind of see it there on the shelf or you go people are calling you asking where they can buy it because they want it in their local in the local stores and people are going into their local stores that's kind of the best part of my job at the moment is telling people where they can buy it I think yeah and not having to be like oh it it's coming like give us a couple of years yeah you need to go online and then just wait for the postman sometimes he's a little bit slow and then by the time it gets to you you've kind of lost interest so now you can actually just go places and pick it up and don't worry we will be pointing to some of these bits and pieces through the show notes of course, you'll get to hear all about it. And when, when I go and do some experiment with a bug burger, you'll also get to hear about that. <laughs> we actually, we were so lucky because not last year, but the year before, we were invited to go on the Women's Weekly Cooking Stage for the Easter show. Wow. Fantastic. I was a little bit apprehensive because normally it's not really our target market. Um, so I was a little bit like unsure of what the reaction would be but we made things like we made the uh, cricket burgers we made a curry using cricket protein we made cookies we made uh, chocolate brownies that had uh, cricket protein in them as well and we saw a couple of thousand people a day just giving out samples and over the four, like 10 days or 14 days that the Easter show is, we only had two or three people that didn't want to try them. So it was fantastic and we had all the farmers coming over saying that they had heard about it before and they were really excited to try it. So, yeah, it was 
fantastic kind of having this open audience where there was such a range of people but with such a positive kind of outlook on edible insects. There was no kind of like, ew, that's gross kind of comments coming out. People were just really, really fascinated. And when they tried it, they were like, where can we buy this? So it was, yeah, it was really, really amazing. And that surely means that we're past some social tipping point if you can do that at the Easter show and have engagement yeah because i you know what it would have been terrible if you know i was on stage talking about edible insects and i had no one to watch me <laughs> so it was fantastic that you know all the chairs were full there was people standing at the back and there was people waiting for samples to try so i think yeah definitely people are looking for nutrient-dense foods they're looking for sustainable kind of local foods to feed their families and edible insects really ticks all the boxes so I feel like a lot more people are going to be willing to try and people are also concerned about like their health as well and having like high fats and things and yeah being able to avoid that and people want a lot of like long chemical names and weird numbers and letters on their packaging that you don't really know what it is so in our products we only use natural ingredients real food ingredients so you you can read and understand every single thing on the label it's so important what advice would you give to any young people out there who are equally excited by bugs and running around with their bug catchers and they want to grow up and maybe do something like this. Have you got any advice for them? You know what? Lots of children run around with their bug catchers. So I actually have advice for parents. So Ooh, even better. Yep. Yeah. So definitely don't tell them not to do that. Let them follow kind of their passion. It might be dinosaurs. It might be Minecraft. It might be chasing bugs in the garden or doing gardening or something like that something that you might not particularly be interested in but it might be something that eventually will help change the world if they keep following it so definitely for parents let your kids kind of explore themselves let them get dirty even though you don't understand what they're doing learn about it and be interested in it because that's going to keep you connected with your children and then eventually they're going to be able to do something great with that knowledge and just like this business you have looking at you in year six bribing preppies like there's no way you could have drawn an easy connection to where you are now no no definitely and yeah we see so many kids in our educational programs and they have they're so passionate and it's fantastic to see their passion and it might not be bugs it might be you know reading books or it might be soccer or it might be whatever whatever they're interested in and it's fantastic to see their passion and the way that their face kind of lights up when they're telling you about it is completely completely worthwhile so yeah definitely definitely let them let them be them let kids enjoy nerding out on the thing that they like nerding out on yeah exactly <laughs> and it doesn't hurt anybody like it's just yeah, yeah it's awesome are there any myths that you would like to bust? Like are there still misconceptions or something? Yeah, I think that a lot of people think that we're going out into the garden and kind of collecting different kinds of bugs to go in our food products, which is not the case. We actually farm them specifically for human consumption and they've got the same kinds of standards as anything else that you'll purchase in the supermarket. We definitely don't recommend going into the garden and collecting bugs to eat because you don't know where they've been they can have parasites in them they can have chemicals on them as well and you wouldn't know so yeah I definitely feel that people people need to learn about where their food comes from we don't want to take from the environment we want to be able to produce these foods in a really sustainable way that would never have occurred to me well I love a lot of people, we get a lot of calls for witchy grubs. So we don't actually farm witchy grubs and we do look at a lot of different native Australian species to see how we can farm them commercially because they do have excellent nutritional profiles. But to get a witchy grub to the size that you would eat, it takes about five years and the witchy grub would generally kill a tree 
a whole tree to be able to do that. So it's not a very sustainable and commercially viable process to be able to do something like that. That's why we kind of focus on the crickets and the mealworms because they do have low taste, low color, low texture. They're very nutrient dense, but we can actually farm them really, really sustainably in captivity. So for instance, with the crickets, if you replace one meat-based meal a week with a meal that uses the cricket protein as your source of protein instead, you actually save over 100,000 litres of drinking water a year. So that's about four swimming pools full of water. When we farm the crickets, they create one one hundredth of the amount of greenhouse gases when you compare them to traditional sources of protein. And if we've got 10 kilos of feed, you would only get about a kilo of beef or we get nine kilos of cricket protein. And that's because the crickets don't waste a lot of energy maintaining a set body temperature like us silly mammals do. They kind of just go with the flow. So they're the temperature that's around them. So that means that the feed products that we have are creating more protein than any other source of protein. And just like any other kind of farming, these animals have been chosen specifically for what they can do. It's not like just like chickens. You can't just go out and take down any bird and eat it. Like you can't just be like, oh, yeah. that pigeon, that's that's a chubby pigeon. I'll eat that one. Like it's the same in your garden. You can't just go, that cricket looks chubby. So to some extent, do trust the experts on it. Well, no. To a large extent, trust the experts on this one. They've done some research and I love the idea that people think you're just like going around and like scooping up insects and mushing them together. Well, you know what? It probably was a little bit of my fault because I I joked one day um, when we were at an event and people kept asking me, where do you get the crickets from? And then eventually I just said, oh, I just send my kids out into the backyard with a butterfly net and kind of like scoop them, scoop them up, it's fine. And like laughed about it thinking that it was a joke. But then a few days later it got repeated to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I won't say that anymore because people thought I was being serious when it was just a joke. <laughs> you should know, scientists aren't allowed to have a sense of humour. Yeah. And then my and then my daughter it was worse because then my daughter, when we had someone over and then someone had asked that and then Marley goes, oh no, I just go in the backyard for mum and collect them with the net and then laughs and everyone thought she was being serious as well. It's dangerous joking. It's very dangerous. I know. Interesting. And like clearly she's just a little bit too bright as well. She caught on to that one. Yeah, definitely. When she was two, I, I said to her, hey, Molly, what would you like for breakfast? And she goes, uh, spiders. And then I'm like, oh, do you, do you really want spiders for breakfast? And then she goes, uh, no, bum, don't be silly. I know you can eat spiders, but I don't want spiders for breakfast. Let's have them for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just imagining some sort of like, a cornflake mix with like little spider legs in it yeah yeah (laughs) it's like is it halloween food or is it just healthy (laughs) (laughs) so it sounds like there's a lot that look there's just a lot going on in this space and we've got national science week coming up celebrating foods of the future what are some things that everyone sitting at home right now listening to this being like i want to do something what what are some things that they can do So definitely read your food labels. So you want to choose nutrient-dense foods and foods, obviously, that are produced in Australia because they have a lower carbon footprint. Have a look at your packaging as well. So try and buy foods that have uh, recyclable or compostable packaging or biodegradable packaging is awesome as well. Or take your own containers if you've got um, one of those bulk wholesalers around where you can just buy your ingredients only buy what you need so a big problem in Australia is actually food waste a lot of the food that purchased in the supermarket gets wasted so try and think about ways that you can 
use your peelings. Maybe you've got a worm farm or you could start your own like edible mealworm farm as well that uses up your fruit and vegetable waste. But definitely don't overbuy because I feel like that is a huge problem. People overbuying food and it expires. Um, that is absolutely devastating, especially for our farmers because they put so much work into creating these foods for us and we don't want to just throw it in the bin because it's just so wasteful. But I feel like it's not a big job to kind of live a little bit more sustainably because if you're making kind of little small changes, if everybody's doing that, it adds up to make a really big difference. We don't want 10 people in the world living perfectly sustainably. We want millions of people making these little small changes, choosing to be a little bit more sustainable, and that really adds up to make a huge difference. And they're all awesome, actionable things. I'll just like throw in like meat-free Monday that's a thing like if you want to start making little little steps and you're not ready to fully give up meat just try it on Mondays exactly or um, a lot of people if if you just do a quick google on a flexitarian diet so flexitarian diets are actually super easy to do and I know it's like a really pretentious word but if you have a look at what a flexitarian diet is it actually fits in the lifestyle of most people without being too confronting because you don't have to give up the things that you like it's all about making smarter choices with your food and the way that you consume things and like we are throwing a huge amount of food away with food wastage. I don't know how that's changed with people working from home. I like to think we've got a bit more switched on, but just coming up with a plan for what you're going to eat for the week and having a list before you go to the supermarket, there's some really easy ways so that you've got a bit of a plan. You're not just going to be like, oh, I'll just buy takeout and gradually the the carrots that are at the bottom of your fridge like go moldy you know you develop your plan try and stick to a bit of a weekly plan and that's a one way of starting to chip away at that too yeah and eat your leftovers as well that's super easy to do so if you accidentally make a little bit too much just put it in the fridge pop it in a container and you can take it to work with you the next day and that's something that's really really easy to do it's going to save you money as well because you don't have to buy the same thing that you buy every other day you've got something that you've made at home and you can take it with you and really enjoy it and so many foods are actually better the next day particularly curries they just get better Oh, yeah, lasagna as well. Lasagna is one that always gets better the next day. I forget people don't do that. Eat leftovers. Like, I live off leftovers. Oh, yeah, I eat leftovers all the time. I deliberately make extra so that I don't have to cook the next day. 100%. Are there people out there cooking every day? You're making it hard on yourselves, people. Yeah, definitely. Don't do that. <laughs> these, are, these are great. Do you have a virtual high five, a shout out for anyone, business people, whoever, who are doing an awesome job at the moment that everyone listening should give a virtual high five to. Oh, definitely um, go and support the guys from GoTerra. So they actually are solving food waste with black soldier fly lava. So instead of food waste going to landfill, what they're doing is they have these special robots that are in containers and you pop your food waste in there. The, the maggots of the flies kind of eat the, the food waste and then those get turned into amazing fertilizer products and pet food products so it's a fantastic way to use up your use up your food waste and you're creating a usable product at the end in a fertilizer or a pet food product that's so cool we'll, we'll have to include that in the show notes because that's that's awesome high five to them yeah awesome thanks so much for coming on the show sky this has been incredibly educational it's like it's a jam-packed episode just like the crickets are jam-packed with all the nutrients it's awesome thank you so much thank you so much for having me thanks so much for listening if you like this podcast you're an absolute gem of a human being and you should head over to avidresearch.com.au sign up for our amazing email newsletter and get all the download on the upcoming episodes and maybe even get a bit of a sneak peek about what's coming next if you've been enjoying this podcast you should definitely subscribe we're on apple stitcher spotify and even google these days thanks